I just want to start off by saying that uh, Manny and Sinead Garcia do such a fantastic job for Big Hiss. And I would encourage you to, when you see them, to tell them that. Because I know that's how you feel too. And uh, we, do we have any leaders, uh, weekly leaders in here? Do we have any kids right now? Is Robert, Mike, raise your hand. Let's lay a hand upon them. Now, Robert, I can see you. And Jess, any more? And Charlie, that's Charlie with the youth. And John. And Lord, we give you thanks for these people who serve our young people, our children, and all those that help, Lord. We give you thanks for them, Lord. And Lord, we pray right now in the other wing, Lord, that your power of God will fall upon them afresh this morning on all children. And I pray right now for the next generation and the generation that is not yet born and the generations to come, Lord. I pray that those who are finding it difficult to conceive, Lord, this morning, your hand be upon them, that you would bring them peace and that you would bring full, full healing, that you would nurture them and they would fill your presence. Lord, your generations and your children mean so much to you. So we give you thanks for the people who serve. Serve them in your precious name. Amen. Well, it's the end of Thy Kingdom Come today. But I would urge you, just because it's the end of prayer week, doesn't mean that we need to stop praying. In fact, we probably need to pray more, because then everyone else will stop praying, because it's the end of prayer week. But I mean, for me, it's been a fabulous time of prayer. I don't know, I know, did anyone see the wedding yesterday? I mean, I had dress envy, I must confess. I mean, I, there were so many dresses that I really liked. Women, are you with me? Yes, they were like, I mean, seriously beautiful, and they all looked so gorgeous. But I just thought, you know, what a way to show that the Lord is there and the Lord is with us. Um, I thought it came through loud and clearly in the wedding, and it was a beautiful symbol for our nation. So, without any further ado, I'm just going to carry on from where I left off last week. Um, for those of you who weren't here, I sort of... Sort of try, well, I hope I did. I took you up a mountaintop. We didn't do the journey to the mountaintop, but I took you to the mountaintop to see the view of the past moves of God, or only some of them, and the present and what's going on in the present. And I sort of stopped before I got to the future, or I said a little bit, but I'm going to start at the future today, looking together. So if you can imagine, um, we're all together. We are sitting together in the ark, but however, let's imagine that we're at the top of the mountain, and we're standing shoulder to shoulder, together. Everyone's connected. And we're looking at the vast vista of the future. And it is massive. And there's a new dawn rising. But with the, the point is, we can see the view. I haven't done the journey to the mountain because I know we'd all have sort of different journeys. And I know that there's a lot in there. And I will talk about the journey to the top of the mountain. But today, let's think big. Let's think vision. Let's think what the Lord is doing. And let's see what he's going to say to us this morning. 
I don't know if many of you here were at the last year's National Leaders Conference in um, February, no, January of 2018, which is the Vineyard National Leaders Conference, which was held every year in, in Nottingham. But there was a chap called Pastor Agu. I think I've sent his name wrong. Agu? Agu. He's this fantastic, um, wonderful preacher, and he had an amazing word for the vineyard. And actually, I saw on Thy Kingdom Come, he was there. I don't know if you saw the little video of him talking to... Um, oh, talking about that. Um, I'll finish that sentence. Um, Pastor Agu was talking to Justin Welby, but there is actually a lovely video of Debbie Wright uh, talking to um, Justin Welby, and I think it's out there on Facebook. It is. Um, so if you want to see it, it's absolutely lovely, and um, it's a very precious, and Debbie looks beautiful as ever, and comes out with great wisdom. So anyway, uh, where was I? Oh yes, Pastor Gu. He had this wonderful word for us as a, as a movement, and, um, and I know I'm, we're just, we lead the South West London Vineyard, but I love this movement. I, oh, I'm so passionate. I love this movement, and, um, and I care about it, and I... I came in as a Christian to it. I used to smoke at the back of this church, this South West London Vineyard, actually, about how many years ago? Five. Five. Oh. <laughs> was it five, darling? If only. I'm 50 this year. Um, so that, I was 21, so my 29 years. And um, I came in the back, and it wasn't here. It was a lovely church, um, a lovely school building in New Morden, Rainsbottle. Who remembers that? Yes, Claudine. And Joan, Becky. Yes, and uh, they might remember this anxious, angry young woman at the back smoking away. You could do that then. And uh, Ginny Cryer came up to me and said, I'm not going to go down this level. Came and said, God loves you. And then it took me three months of that, and then I gave my life to Christ, and that's the end of the story. But what I'm saying is, I love this church. However, I love the church too. I'm a great, I believe in the church. I believe in the calling of the church. I believe in the big church. I believe in the power that it has for such great magnificence and such great beauty. The expression of the church is supposed to be alive and vibrant, and I know it is. And I feel like the Lord's hand is on the church at the moment. Before I get far too far and off my notes completely... um, Pastor Agu had this word, so I'm going to sort of tell you a bit of the word because I feel like it's part of the bigger picture with us all standing on the mountain to side. So I haven't done a PowerPoint this morning because I wasn't quite sure what the Lord wanted me to speak on. So I've been sort of going, what do you want to, for me to say? So I've landed on this. So what I asked is if we would have the planet of the world as a vision, as a picture, as we think and what I'm saying. A vista We're not in space today, however, we're on a mountainside. Perhaps next time we'll be up in space. So, so turn with me to 1 Kings 17. If you have a Bible, get your apps out. It's 930 BC. The nation of Israel was in spiritual decline. It was the end of Solomon's reign. Solomon had turned away from God, lured away from God by his wives and concubines who worshipped other gods and not Jehovah. Solomon used all the massive resources that God had given him sadly and started to build temples to worship these other gods. It led the nation into a slide and spiritual decay. 
He instituted a rival form of worship to, to Jehovah at the capital of Samaria, a religion of the two golden calves, one at Bethel and one at Dan. Rehoboam brought nothing but destruction. That was his son. And from that, the nation goes deeper into idolatry. The nation goes deeper into morality and deeper into perversion. With a succession of kings, with one or two exceptions, the kings try and compete to do, outdo each other in the evil that is perpetrated in the Lord. Finally, the nation arrives at the reign of Ahab. Things were bad before Ahab took over. Ahab takes it to a whole new level. Ahab meets a young lady called Jezebel and marries her. It is clear she has her own agenda. She has been schooled by a high priest of Baal. Jezebel marries Ahab. And Jezebel's agenda was to eradicate the worship of Jehovah in the nation of Israel. She gives about her assignment with zeal and passion, drives all the prophets of God into hiding. Those that are not killed hide in caves. So that time of history is like the words from Isaiah 60. Isaiah 60. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness over the people. Not a good time. However, God has a response to this situation. The response of God is of the entrance of a man called Elijah. He comes down from the hills of Gilead and confronts Ahab, ruling king. 1 Kings 17 verse 1. As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. There is something about this man, Elijah, that the Bible points to over and over again. Before Jesus comes and Elijah comes, he comes with a spirit of restoration on him. Jesus describes it like this in Luke 1.17. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. The spirit of Elijah makes ready a people prepared for the Lord. The spirit of Elijah is an, a precursor to any move of God. What is the spirit of Elijah? It is a spirit of faith, a spirit that dares to believe God for the impossible. A spirit against all odds believes that God will do what he says he will do. It is a spirit that led the prophet to the encounter to stand against 950 prophets of Baal and Asteros. It's a spirit of prayer. A spirit that believes if that you will petition the heavens, God will respond. A spirit that is zealous for God, passionate for God. A spirit of power, great power. A spirit that believes that there is a God in heaven who rules over the affairs of men and women. A spirit that the children of God, who we saw this morning, can call on the power of God to be demonstrated today. A spirit that is committed to radical holiness. A spirit that comes when a nation declines and is in challenging times. Elijah was one man against the state of Israel. On his own, he had no chance. 
No chance at the Mount at Carmel against the 950 prophets who were against him. But because God was on his side, he overcame. I've just suddenly realized I haven't got my Bible here and I need to read a bit. I think it's in my bag, which is here, darling. Sorry, let's just find... Thanks, it. Perfect. I'm not so organized. My uh, Bible is falling apart, so I've had to borrow my lovely meals. So if you turn with me to 1 Kings 18, and we're just going to read, or I'm going to read to you 18, uh, no, verse 41 to 46. And Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink. And there is the sound of heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel. He bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Go and look towards the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There is nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back, go back and see. The seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So, I said, so Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds and wind rose. A heavy rain started falling and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah. Tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Elijah had finished the battle on Mount Carmel. He got victory at Mount Carmel. And then he gives instruction to Ahab. Go eat and drink because there is a sound of abundance rain. When Ahab goes to eat and drink, Elijah comes to the top of Mount Carmel and bows down on the ground and puts his face between his knees and says to his servant, go and look at the sea and be expectant. The servant goes And six times, the servant comes back and says, there is nothing. On the seventh time, however, he comes back and there is a cloud. He says to Ahab, go and eat and drink. Some people at this point will just go on with their eating and drinking. But for some people, you will understand the sign of this time's. For this season, God is calling us to climb to our Mount Carmel's, to get away from things at the foot of the mountain that distracts, to turn our focus and attention to God in heaven and what he will do for the nation at this time. Elijah climbs to the top of the mountain in obedience. There he bows down on the ground and buries his face between his knees a posture of birthing, intercession. He needs to birth something. God is calling the Elijah church to intercession, the place of birthing his plans and purposes for this nation. I've heard the sound of abundance rain. There is something that is going on. There is something spiritually that we are picking up. 
that this nation is going to experience a new move of God very soon. It's like Christine and Peggy Smith, which I spoke about last week, the 82- and the 84-year-old women from the Isle of Lewis who knew that it was time to seek the Lord in prayer. So they gathered together and started praying. One was disabled, one couldn't see, but they knew the natural didn't speak of the supernatural. The natural, there was no move of God going on, but they knew in their hearts that there was going to be a move of God. And there was. They picked something up spiritually that God was on the move. Nothing to do with the natural. The natural might be saying completely something else. When you can imagine Elijah with his feet, with his face between his knees, praying and birthing this whole thing of intercession. Is it just gone? No, it's because I know that. This new season, birthing this new season into being. His focus was on just prayer. His focus wasn't on the sight. His servant would have gone to look any time, all the time, because he was a servant. But I know that some of you here have had disappointment when you've gone to look at the view and you see not the Lord. The servant goes and checks a second time. Persevere. It is closer than you think. I bet that's Elijah's thinking that. The servant goes back the third and the fourth and the fifth time. When he gets there, he raises his eye on the seventh time to the horizon because he's expecting nothing. But at some distance, he sees a cloud, a size of a man's hand, The man of God was praying for rain. The sign that the rain was coming was that cloud. He rushes back to the man of God. Something has changed. I saw on the horizon. Go and say to Ahab, prepare your chariots. There is something on the horizon as we stand together and look to the future. There is the sound of rain. I sense it. And I'm not the only one that senses it. I can't tell you the time. I can't, even when, even I tried to do the right postcode the other day, I can't tell you the time or when it's going to happen. But I know the Lord is on the move. We cannot possibly see it in the natural, but it's in the undercurrents, it's supernatural. It is happening. The Lord is on the move. And we are to look at the view. We are to take up this mantle of intercession. The reason why I felt this pastor, this is Pastor Agu's word, it's not mine, it's his. And I probably have done, I hope I've done it justice, but to, to listen to it properly, please go to the website, NLC 2018, you'll find it there. Very good talk. But the reason I'm telling you today is that um, he had a word for the church, the Vineyard Church. He wanted to come and challenge us as a people. He wanted to challenge us and say that he felt that we were the vineyard, not just us, the vineyard up and down the country and the world, were a, were a big part of the army to come. 
And he wanted to challenge us in to pay our attention, to go to the top of Mount Carmel, to look at the view, even though we can't see anything, perhaps at the beginning, but to make that intention of praying, to not be distracted. There is bigger things at stake here. There is lots to see. The next generations, the students, the students that need love, the students, the teenagers that need to know that this God that we worship is true and real and alive today. The vineyard kids that we saw are just a portion of the children in this land who need to know that the Lord we worship, the Lord who loves us, cares for them and calls them by name. I'm a sort of person that likes a challenge. I sort of get, gets, oh yes, a challenge, good, let me go for it. So I like to think that I'm I want to step into this challenge that Pastor Agu had for Vineyard. I'm all in. I want the kingdom to come like we've prayed this morning. Thy kingdom to come. Your will to be done on earth as it is heaven. But it's going to take prayer. It's going to take fixing our eyes, coming out of the bottom of the mountains to the top to fix our eyes on the Lord. When the vineyard first started, many years ago, back in the 1980s, there was a chap called John Wimber and his lovely wife, Carol. They just wanted more. They could read the word and see that it wasn't fixing. They wanted more. They, they believed what they read in the Bible. They believed it wholeheartedly. They, they wanted more. They wanted the pages to come out and to be alive. So they started a small gathering of people like we gathered together in house group, worshipping the Lord, seeking the Lord, praising the Lord, thanking the Lord, expecting the Lord to move. And out of them, out of two people, the vineyard movement was birthed. Now, I'm only talking about the vineyard because we are the vineyard here. But I love the church, and I have spoken about lots of all the other churches, so I'm just going to focus on the vineyard just for a moment. But it's been only 40 years since the vineyard has started. And if we look at the world, the planet, and see the amount of church plants that have gone out, people have gone out, it is an incredible sight incredible sight, but only the power of God can do that. We as people need to lean in to the Lord. We need to look 
at him face to face again and again and again. And I want to encourage you, even though prayer week has finished today and a glorious ending, we need to fix our eyes on God and to continue praying face to face with our friend Jesus, with our friend God, with our friend the Holy Spirit. And I marvel at what God has done in the vineyard. I thank God for the leaders of all the churches up and down the country who seek the kingdom of God. For it is such a time as this that we are called as a people to fix our eyes on the Lord, to pray for the next generations, to pray for our youth, to pray for the younger generations, the children yet born, to pray for the older generations, to pray that the kingdom would come on earth. This morning I woke up and I looked at thy kingdom website. I'm just nicking everyone's stuff this morning. And uh, I, I met with the lovely face of Justin Welby on my laptop, and he said this, and I thought he summed up today beautifully. I can't, I won't try and say how he said it, but I'll try and do. It's, what an extraordinary day Pentecost is. We have gone through Christmas, the coming of Jesus, and being part of, and being a part of our world, being born in a stable. We've gone through Holy Week, Good Friday, and the crucifixions, our sins prayed for, forgiveness offered, and then life bursting out from the tomb on Easter Sunday. At ascension, Jesus has completed his work, ascends to sit on the right hand of the Father. Jesus says, it is good that I, I go, for I will send you the Holy Spirit. I'm sure that's not from the Bible, but that's how he said it. Go into the city and pray. The disciples went into the city and pray. They were all united, and the Spirit came, the Holy Spirit came. This is not just one-off. This is the beginning of the greatest movement of people in the human history that has done more good for more people than anything else that has ever, ever happened. In this movement of people, nations have been transformed People have begun to care for the poor. In the 2nd and 3rd century AD, church was expanding in a colossal way. And the people were shot who weren't, who weren't saved by the fact that the Christian people were looking after the poor. And that continues today. When the Spirit comes and churches come together and love one another... They confess their sins and they humble themselves before God. They pray, they worship, they celebrate. They share their lives and transform society together. He has put his spirit in us. May God be praised. May God be praised. Why don't you stand? Let's have the band back. Just before we go into uh, ministry, let's just gather in groups of three and four, and let's pray for the church, the church, 
that it unites that it unites more together. Let's pray for the church to get this Elijah spirit to pray for the future of this nation and the future of this world. For we can hear the sound of rain. We need to pray that the cloud that that lovely servant saw comes closer and closer and comes over the nation and pours and pours and pours. I can hear the sound of rain and the Lord is on the move. So why don't you gather together and pray?